and I can keep track of time easy because it's 1020. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity, the content edition of this week. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. All one word. Welcome to the massive content corner episode of Never Made Varsity. My name is Not Today on Twitter. And you can find me on D underscore River underscore O. Because what do we say to the god of death? Not today. Not today, boy. Not today. I am Giants Bane. You can find me at Twitter on at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. And following Maverick's light stroke on the end of that sentence, uh, we have a guest. Uh... I, th- I think we confirmed the first full appearance from a Never Made Varsity sibling. I just want to point uh, out... Biological sibling. I just want to point out that both times that we've had siblings on this podcast, parts of it have been lost forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. This no, is... It's not, <laughs> it's not your fault. But, no, it's not your fault. Uh, my older sister, uh, Chelsea's here. Hey, guys. My name's Chelsea. And as my mother would say, not today. Not today. <laughs> not today with an attitude. And <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at underscore all about Chelsea. Uh, yeah, Chelsea is my older sister. Uh, she has known me my whole life. Um, yeah, she's pretty cool. She's yeah. cooler than me. It's cool. Nah, it's cool. never. I'm hanging with the cool kids tonight. <laughs> Um, so how we're going to do this is we're going to talk about the Sonic trailer that dropped today as you're, as we're recording probably two days ago, as you're listening to this, um, because there were a lot of reactions to it and I want to hear what my people think, um, for the second time. (laughs) And yeah, you know why I'm here. Then we are going to do Avengers Endgame non-spoiler. Avengers Endgame spoiler with plenty of warning for you to get out of here um, if you haven't seen the movie yet and then you can come back and then we are going to go full spoilers straight into um, season 8 episode 3 of Game of Thrones The Long Night so that's how we are going to do this um, Sonic the Hedgehog dropped the trailer today of this movie is coming in November uh, Chelsea what you think I mean, it was less than stellar, less than fine, I think. I think it's just, I don't really love the animation with the live action. I think the actual Sonic character looks weird. And I don't, I'm not intrigued by the story in any way. And it it was just kind of a little boring for me. And I don't know why Jim Carrey took this role, because I'm trying to look up what his last movie was. And I feel like... It's been a while. It's been a minute for Jim Carrey. I don't know. I don't know. That role just seemed weird. Like a really bad Nickelodeon made for TV movie. Somebody on the Storm of Spoilers Slack said that I gave them um, Scooby-Doo the movie vibes. Um, I like Scooby-Doo the movie. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we those are good it. movies. We do own it. I'm pretty sure I've watched it with director's commentary before. Like, are y'all talking about like Monsters Unleashed? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that oh, was a really yes. good one. That was lit. 
I think his last movie was, or his last big movie was Dumb and Dumber 2. Really? Uh, he did a couple smaller movies after that. That was after Bruce Almighty? Yeah. Bruce Almighty was 2003. Yeah, it's yeah. been. Okay. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah, um, yeah. T- Dumb and, that was like a That's remake, nearing Ace Ventura t- territory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did a bunch of stuff since then. Um, David, what did you think? The teeth. It just... Uh, you like, really I don't, hate this. Like, I don't know <laughs> why it's so off-putting <clears throat> just to see, like, real, like, human teeth inside of a blue hedgehog. It just, it throws me off. Like, I can get over Jim Carrey. I can get over the obvious camp of this this story. Like, I just cannot get over how weird the model, like, the the character model for Sonic looks. Like, there were so many other directions you could have taken that were way less creepy. And to be fair, when I saw the first poster, I was scared, genuinely, because I thought it was going to be even worse. So, but I guess by comparison, this is not that bad, but still just a tinge of nightmare fuel. My, so... One, I think this movie, like, as much as, like, I have ragged against going back to the well of properties that are already proven to try to make your movie, I am... This movie looks like a bit of a swing, um, and I'd rather get that than something boring. I think it, for at least me, this movie does not look boring. I think I'm going to have fun. I'm okay watching Jim Carrey have a weird handlebar mustache for 90 to 100 minutes. I, I think I can have a good time with this. So I'll go with it and, and see what happens. I think there's a line between... There's a difference between cheesy and campy. I can do campy. Can't do cheesy. This just looks cheap as well. Just not into it. Perhaps. Maverick. She's just not that I've into you. I've just never personally really been into the <laughs> series overall. I mean, I've used to, I've played it a little bit, but I really didn't know what the heck I was doing. It's just going in loop-de-loops and collecting rings, and then, yeah, I, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. I will say, like, I am someone who played Sonic Adventures on the original Sega Genesis. Like, I had the Knuckles cartridge that you would put the original Sonic cartridge into that gave you knuckles and like i had the dreamcast when it came out too and i played sonic adventures 2 and all that jazz and had it on game boy and just yeah so i grew up with this and it just it hurts my soul just a little bit it's like you know does it did any of y'all watch the the mario movie like the live action mario movie Oh, God. I've only seen <laughs> clips of it, and I have not watched the whole thing, and I do not particularly want slash need to. So when I was in high school, I had a group of friends, and we would intentionally watch bad movies on purpose just to hang out, and that was one of them. And it was truly vomit-inducing. And so I just don't want this to be that. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that bad, but... You, listen, I, I want to have faith, but... I, I the movie industry has proven me uh, that I can be very wrong about very many things. 
And don't get me wrong, I'll watch Jim Carrey in this type of character. I think that will be fun. I just think the movie as a whole just doesn't look... That doesn't look fun to me. I'm always wary of any kind of video game movie adaptation. (laughs) It takes a lot in order to replicate the same sort of magic uh, in a movie form than from game. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, the good video game movies. And, like, none of them are about, like, actual video games. I think, like, the, I think the only one that has potential right now is the Detective Pikachu movie. Detective Pikachu, I'm really excited for. But yes. I was thinking of um, Tumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, yeah, okay. And Scott Pilgrim. Oh, okay, I mean, I'll give you... I'll you give weren't going to say Ready Player One, weren't you? Because I, uh, I, I know that you don't like it that much. I, oh, uh, you didn't like Ready Player One? I thought you liked Ready Player One. No, I did not like Ready Player One. It was he was long. very frank about that. <laughs> it was long. And that was one of my problems with it, but not my far from my only problem with it. <laughs> and that's I think that's how a lot of things go. Like there are certain genres that can that are good for film. Some are better as games. Some is better as books. Like, it just not everything can be adapted to every single. Thing. There are some things that are better for movies. Some things better for TV. Some things better for gaming. I heard the um, the lore, the newer um, Tomb Raider movie wasn't bad. I heard it was fine. Like I heard it was like a fine adventure movie. Eh, yeah, I've heard the same. I think it's on, like, HBO or something right now. It's why it makes me nervous. Like, video game movies, like, it makes me nervous, like, when someone says, like, hey, they should make an Uncharted movie or, like, a Last of Us movie. Like, no, don't touch it because it's already good in the medium that it's in. <laughs> I feel like with, like, The Last of Us, you can make, like, an interesting, like, anthology movie. I can see that. But, like, I don't need a retelling of the story from the game because there's no, no way... That they you can do that much emotional storytelling in an hour and a half, two hours. That move, that a move, a Last of Us movie cannot make me dry, cry over a giraffe. Like that's not going to. No, happen. it's not going to happen. No, I was in tears over a giraffe in a game. No. Put the Kingdom Hearts series in a movie. Oh my oh god! God. <laughs> uh, all those characters, on? all that convolutedness. No, not happening. What were you saying, Chelsea? I'm not, a ga- I'm not a gamer by any means, but do y'all do y'all ever go on YouTube and watch those video game walkthroughs? Like they just play all the story beats. From yes. Video yeah. games. Yeah. I, I love those, especially the Batman ones. With oh, Harley from the Quinn. Arkham, from yes. the Arkham games. Yeah. Yes, I love those. Okay, cool. Those are those, those games are fantastic too. Yeah. But so I I need to play the Arkham games because I know like it's the same studio that made Spider Man, right? I don't know about I don't know if it's Rock I know it's Rocksteady, but or at least the same fight mechanics because I love Spider Man. Oh yeah, the same. Get it, more of that. Batman Arkham games are the are like the genesis of the fighting system that's used in in Spider Man. Avengers Endgame. Um, so we are going to talk uh, non-spoiler reactions here. Um, so yeah, let's just jump into it. Chelsea, what did you think? I love this movie. It was 
everything that I ever wanted. I think a lot of people were calling it um, a season finale. I think it wrapped up Loose Ends very nicely. And I have to say that this is my favorite theater experience as well. Just go, you have to go and see this movie with an audience, a full audience to fully appreciate everything. And I, yeah, I just think they tied up loose ends really nicely with with each of the main characters. And I'm excited to see what comes next. And it, it wasn't, and I didn't feel the length either. It, I know it was three hours, but it was. I looked at my watch once, and I still saw we had an hour to go. And I was like, "Let's go! Let's do this! Let's finish this thing!" So you you are in there for three hours, but I don't think you feel the length at all. I have a question for you in the spoiler section. Okay. Um, just uh, yeah about that. Just remind me, um, David. Okay. I want everyone to know that. This is the first, I think it's the first time that I've made it through a movie of this length without having to leave to pee. <laughs> like even, Congratulations. even Infinity War, I had to leave to pee. This one, I emptied out. I was dry. I saw it at like, uh, what time? It was like 9.45 p.m. Oh, and, gosh. And I did not have to pee. The theater that I saw it in, uh, the, the people that were in it were pretty active, um, there was some, there was cheering and there were some very audible gasps and some standing and some cheering and some whooping and so that made the experience a lot better too. Um, overall, um, despite any minor qualms that I have about it, like none of it matters because I enjoyed the hell out of it and I had a good time. So and I thought it did like like Chelsea said, wrapped up a lot of loose ends really nicely and. Uh, I was satisfied at the end of it. Maverick. I got, went to an RPX viewing on Sunday and I was so excited because I was going to be with a crowd and everything. And my crowd kind of let me down a little bit because, because I like being with crowds, especially for big movies like this, especially like star Wars, because those reactions, I'm a person. I love reactions and love being up like a part of a group when big things happen on the screen. But the, our crowd for The Last Jedi was really good. It was. It really was. Because if you haven't watched it by now, uh, when Snoke got cut in half, everybody started cheering and everything. Uh, so I like being having those experiences. But, I mean, despite all of that, I, I did really enjoy the movie. I would say I'm probably the least invested uh, in the saga, probably, of the four of us. I've probably only watched ten of the 19... Was it 19 films? 22 films, 22. excuse me. 22. Um, but, I mean, I still watched, I watched most of them, and I, it didn't affect my viewing overall, and I still had a really great time. Uh, to your point, Chelsea, I think it, it did. It put everything into a really nice bow, all 22 films, you know, wrapping everything up, uh, but also still keeping things open for other characters. Uh, that are in the main adventures cast going forward in the future. Yeah. Um, I'd also say before Kobe starts that um, I have a coworker who's just starting because I talk about it like every day, Marvel movies. And I was telling her, oh, you should only watch this one, this one, this one, and you'll be fine. And then I texted her on Saturday morning after the movie. I was like, no, you need to see as many as you can 
to <laughs> fully appreciate this movie. So that's what that's one thing I would recommend is to see as many of these Marvel movies as you can. Really, as many because I so I had seen them all up until like a week ago, except for honestly the first Iron Man. Um, what, sir? Same. I I had seen later. Iron Man two on cable. Um, and I hadn't seen Iron Man 3. So I watched the first Iron Man. Um, really liked it. Um, I rewatched Iron Man 2 because I had forgotten large chunks of that movie and watched Iron Man 3 the day before. Um, and I'm very glad I watched Iron Man 3 <laughs> um, before I saw this movie. Um, so, yes, echo what Chelsea said about see as many of these movies as you can beforehand. Um, but I just really love this movie. Like I, I one I'm relieved. I'm so glad that it's good. I was so nervous that I wasn't going to like the movie because I liked Infinity War, but I thought there were things that could have been better in Infinity War. I have like a a couple things that bother me, like very very truly a couple. Everything else is damn near perfection. Um. And we can get into those in a m- minute, I guess. But yeah, those are my those are my non spoiler thoughts. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say. My theater experience, um, my crowd wasn't great. Um, I also saw it on Sunday. It was full in the RPX theater, um, and it looked great. Um, like just visually, I know people have been there was a Patrick H. Wilhelm's YouTube video about how the Marvel movies don't look good, especially since Civil War. Um, the movies just didn't look good. I thought this was their best looking movies since um, the earlier movies before they switched um, directors and um, cover grading. Uh, Did y'all see it in um, 3D? I saw it no. in IMAX. Mine wasn't in 3D, but I saw it in IMAX. So here's actually you one... like 3D more than me. Here's one interesting thing that I had. So at the beginning of the movie, this wasn't actually a problem later in the movie, but towards the beginning, I didn't see it in... I just saw it in regular... In a regular theater. Um, I had issues hearing, like, some of the dialogue. And I don't know if it was just the theater I was in, but, like, I just could not hear... Like, I had to strain to hear some of the dialogue, which was strange to me. And I didn't know if it was, I didn't know if anyone else had that issue or it could have just been the theater I was in, honestly. Like, towards the beginning, like when, like, when, like, I mean, this is not a spoiler because it's, it's in the trailer, but when Tony's floating in space on the spaceship, like, I could barely hear his speech to his mask. Like, Uh. very barely. I'm not sure because I know that both RPX and IMAX have like different sound qualities than standard movie form. So I'm not sure what that experience was, um, but I haven't heard anything about it. Like the music level was fine. Like I could hear the mm-hmm. music in the background. I just could, I had problems hearing the dialogue. So it could have just been a, a, a theater issue. Speaking of music, Sylvester went in <laughs> on this score. <laughs> he went in hard, yeah. dude. Um, he said, "Oh, you don't think the uh, the Marvel themes are any good?" Oh, okay. 
bet. To just start throwing the first Avenger at you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I everything else like I just really want to like start talking about the movie like all the way in. So are y'all ready? I was yeah. born born you ready. Really right. cannot talk about this movie yeah. without spoiling it. Yeah. So, so if you haven't seen it, get out of here. Get out of here. Um, we are going to get into the spoilers of this movie. So if you haven't seen it, um, get out of here unless you don't care. But please, I feel like this is I'm in a weird place of spoilers where like I read some things for some properties and other things I don't care that much. I really think that for this one, you should go in knowing as little as possible. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Get out of here. If you got through this speech, leave. Um, I'll give you until five, four, three, two, one. I did not expect Thanos to die in the first Yo, ten that Oh my god. Through me <laughs> for a <laughs> kind of funny. Like he just went. Like they really ran up on him when he was cooking breakfast <laughs> and just Molly whopped the hell out of him. I wanted to stand up and be like, are we done? Is that all you have? That's the movie. <laughs> Should we leave? No, for real. Look, I, st- I, I turned to Lauren because I was seeing it with her and I was like, where do we go from here? Yeah. What is the plot? There's still two and a half hours left in this movie. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be a long movie <laughs> if it's starting out like this. Um, but It's bold. I, it is bold, but I really loved the time heist the time heist like i whatever's timey whiny timey whiny bullcrap whatever that's one of my qualms <laughs> and we can get into it after i stop loving this movie actually do y'all want to do like problems first and then start off and then just go into our love fest with this movie yeah what do y'all think? i mean it's i think it's by far more positives than negatives, oh, yeah. so might as well get the negatives yeah. out the way just to address those. Um, one thing that confused me is when is Spider-Man Far From Home happening? Yeah. Like, is does it take place in 2023? Ned looked the same age as he did um, in Infinity War. I, I feel like he got snapped too because they looked like so happy. He was like, he looked like he'd been through it. Like, that look that he gave him, he's like, bruh. But that, that, I think that could also be a look like, bro, I haven't seen you in five years. But also, in the trailer, all of his friends are the same age. Yeah. So did all of them, did the whole class get snapped? Get snapped. <laughs> yeah. like, See, that's, this is where Marvel, I think, is digging themselves in a hole with this thing. Because they're, they're going to have to explain this somehow. Like, what happened to everybody what happened to the guy in the in therapy? Did his husband oh, come back? Did he go back on the date? <laughs> like, what's, what's happening? Um, but as far as like other timey stuff, like I don't care. Like I, I will, I will just blow by all of that. Okay, I had bother me. Much. I had one. Like I am a person who is a baby, and I need you to spoon. Like I need you to spoon feed me some things. And one thing that I was really kind of confused at was, like, the implications of some of the things that happened on the time heist. So mainly when Loki gets the Tesseract and zips out of there, 
like does that just change like does that just change the whole timeline like is he now like it confuses me because like now is he gone like did he leave did he never go back to asgard did thor 2 never happen like it just like it makes me confused it makes me some explaining to do now because that could easily lead into the series that they're talking about with loki i think that'd be pretty interesting oh yeah that's what uh, the streets are saying that that's what I just now, I just don't know how it affects the like I don't know how it affects the universe like is that like him escaping changes all of like the ending of Avengers one and like the implications for like Thor two Thor Ragnarok uh, Civil War uh, like all this kind of stuff. like it changes yeah, all of these but, implications. But Steve got like like eventually they got the space stone. And then at the end, he put all the stones back where they found them. Right, but because of because they had they found the tesseract, they botched that timeline, so they had to go back farther and do uh, go back to where Pym and um, I almost said Downey Senior. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Stark. Um, Howard Stark. Howard Stark had to go back to Howard Stark and, and Frank Pym or Hank Pym um, and get the tesseract from there. So I don't know mm. if that like makes the time heist before null and void, or like is Loki still just like chilling out somewhere with the tesseract? Like, yeah, it just confused me. Yeah, because mainly it, it, it's just hard because it's been uh, like nailed into like our brains that like with time travel, there's the butterfly effect, and that everything done in the past will it has infinite changes in the future, whereas. You have to think, like, with Doctor Strange, how he did the 14,605,000 instances of what could happen uh, in succeeding. Each individual one has its own strain. So, But that could potentially open a, a can of worms, because so does that technically mean there's its, everyone technically has their own reality then? I'm trying not to think about it too much. Like I said, if you, <laughs> if you want to nitpick it, you could easily like find problems. It can be a little bit plot-holy. Uh, but if it's just the thing. I think it's just easier just to suspend the disbelief. It is. And I did. That was the only, like, um, really, truly, the Loki thing was the only thing that threw me. The other thing, or one of my, I had three, my second one. Um, not cool how they fridged um, Nat. Not that bothers me. And now David and I have talked about this a little. It with them fridging um, Nat with I'm sure I've talked about this many many times but for those of those of you who don't know what fridging is fridging is when you especially in comic books because that's where it started is when you kill off a female character to give a male character motivation um, like Hulk literally like throwing benches across a lake like that that is fridging which then makes the girls fighting together shot bothersome. Like, I think it's a really cool shot. One, because I didn't realize that there were that many women in the MCU until I saw them all together. But also, like, but I feel like Black Widow should be here, and I'm kind of mad that she's not. Yeah, that death kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, I understand it because I think that was kind of her redemption arc. Um, a little bit. It was kind of her, let me just do this one thing. 
Um, but it did, if she was still the only female Avenger, it would have bothered me more. But now that she was kind of like, kind of like the jump off for all these new female Avengers to come in and kick some butt. So it didn't bother me as much as some other people. That's fair. And I mean, so I, the main thing too is like Hawkeye of course had the family that he was trying to get back as well with this whole thing and so she's often been someone's like really can't have a family doesn't have as many things to like to look forward to now that doesn't mean that automatically places her out of it they were both trying to die basically um, I, I thought it was ultimately empowering in a way because usually it is it's the guy that one that, that has to defend the honor or to to sacrifice himself, but she took that upon herself to give that ultimate sacrifice, the, the whatever it takes. And so I thought it was ultimately a powerful moment. I get that, but also fridging is lazy writing and I wish it would stop. <laughs> um, but, and, but, and I also really started to like her in this movie, you know, her taking that leadership role after Tony went away and Cap was in counseling. <laughs> hey man, he's just trying to help. Leadership role with the other Avengers who weren't snapped, and so I kind of, I like that a lot. And I wish one thing that might interest me too is they. I mean, they did announce like a Black Widow. I don't know if it's a single, like a one-off movie or a series. I think it'd be interesting if they put that in that five-year period, like her leading uh, what is left of the Avengers or whoever is helping, like still solve the problems in the world. We know it's a prequel. We don't know where the prequel or when the prequel takes place. That's all we know. So Maybe they'll tell us what finally happened in Budapest. Perhaps. Um, and my last thing was... Oh, um, Thor. So, um, Lindsay... Um, Oh my goodness, I can't think of her name. Maverick, Lindsay, last name, Star Wars writer. Um oh. Wow, I'm really blinking. Yeah, I'm not quite following either. Her name is <coughs> Lindsay Romaine. Uh she put out an article on Nerdist about Thor's arc, which I think is a really, really cool through line. Um from especially Thor Ragnarok through Infinity War through Endgame, I think is a really, really good arc for Thor, and Chris Hemsworth did really well with it. Um, I did think there were, like, one too many fat Thor jokes. Like, we get it. Yeah, I can see that. The melted ice cream one was funny. Yeah, but, like, I feel like... Like, Rocket... Like, that is Rocket's character. Rhodey... eh. I get that too. Um, I can see that. But I, I think it's a, as Lindsay Romaine said, it's an interesting character or characterization of his um, depression and post traumatic stress. Um, right, because he literally was like, but yeah, that well, get, that's well, me getting into loving the movie. But I what mean, other problems that y'all have? They, I mean, he was literally like. Don't say the don't say Thanos. He went all scar from Lion King. Like you can't say Mufasa in this damn house. Like he said, 
to not say Thanos. And like he, he, it was, he was very shooketh. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was an interesting way to materialize his, or to visualize his stress and depression and, um, like coping mechanism. But I am glad at the end he didn't get all hot when he came back. Hey, that twist yeah, in his that twist snapped. in his beard was yeah they was, just was pretty solid. Gave him a braid and kept it. <clears throat> I'm gonna retweet that article. I'm still thinking about it. Um, what else before we get into the things that we loved? I mean, ultimately, I think the pacing mainly in the first act did drag on, but I think in a lot of ways it needed to. So gathering and dealing with like the consequences of Infinity War, getting everything ready and set. It 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 just took a it took a hot second to to start get in, to get going. The opening did the opening did make me sad with with yeah. uh, Hawkeye and his family. Like I thought, five years was a pretty big time jump. I thought oh, maybe wow. like even a year or two years would have been yeah. enough for me. Colby, this is where you wanted to were, ask me. Direct with her five years. Well, later and I was like whoa um with the hour left what was happening in the movie two hours in just wondering um, I think it was right oh I don't remember it was either cause I feel like it it had to be more than an hour right after the time heist I think once they okay. got all of the the tesseract I think it would it would have been a little less than an hour but I was like we got more time it's about to go down like it was enough time it was at least like forty-five minutes worth of time. Gotcha. Um, all right, things I loved. Um, this movie made Age of Ultron matter. Yeah, <laughs> which is Especially a movie with, I don't love. I love that Scarlet Witch line. You took everything. I don't even know. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> um. The. No, but yeah, seriously. So wait, you said you made it made Age of Ultron matter, like when Tony. Like also, I loved the CGI and how it made him look like all decrepit and like skinny and like weak because of mm-hmm. uh, starvation, uh, and just him kind of berating Cap for abandoning quote unquote uh, the Avengers and not being there when he needed him and really talking about. I was trying to prevent this with Ultron and nobody supported me. The, um, the force pull payoff where, um, where Cap force pulls Mjolnir, um, to him. And then, uh, Thor saying like, like, I knew you could do it. Like I knew you were worthy. Like I loved, (laughs) loved, loved that moment. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. And I mean, that, like I said, that also harkens back to Ultron. It, it, that's great. When they were did right. like, the, the contest trying to lift yeah. it. Yep. That was a crowd favorite, definitely. I also loved the, the, the moment that came after that, like a beat after, where Cap grabs Stormbreaker and he goes, no, 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 no. You get the little one. And he throws him <laughs> near. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he was drawing lightning from it too, so I mean, yeah, he was like man, bona fide. Yeah. It was so cool. Like this movie was just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like he was running through there, swinging it, and I was like, "Oh, that is 
dope as hell. And when he had it and he had it in his hand and he had the best, like I will tell everybody, I will scream it to the heavens. This movie had the best run it back moment in movie history when <laughs> all the portals started opening up and all oh. the characters came up. Oh my gosh. And he said, Avengers, assemble. I said, oh, <laughs> this is it. I, see, that is the point where I cried. I cried at that moment. I love moments where it's like a journey and they've come so far and this is it. They're realizing their truest selves. <laughs> and I just bawled at that point. Just bawled. That was not my cry point. I will get there. Um, the Going back to Thor the Dark World and Thor... Um, I thought he was going to go talk to Natalie Portman, but when he started talking to his mom, I was like, oh, my goodness. This is emotional. Like, this, yeah. is, this is a really good moment for him. Like, sometimes you just need to talk to your mom for a while. Yeah. True that. Um, that was really good. Yeah. Um, Natalie's was just some B-roll that they never showed on screen. Yeah. I, could, I figured... I was like, oh, um, even Natalie came back. She hates them. Natalie did not come back. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I feel like we forget how good of an actor Robert Downey Jr. is. Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's a really good actor. Really he's literally, good. He's like, literally Tony Stark. Yeah, he is Tony Stark. That that he That is him. I, um... His death is what got me. Oh, yeah. Man. That's what got me. That's when the tears started coming. And, that, I mean, I put in, uh, we had our uh, in-game support group uh, chat. And, I, like, Iron Man is my favorite MCU hero of all time. There's no contest. Like, and, and it, a lot of it goes to Robert Downey Jr. and his acting. Um, just how he personifies the role, it makes it really lovely. And he's a flawed character, and that makes you kind of, like, relate to him even more. And having the kid from Iron Man 3 um, come back to, for his funeral, like, that was, ugh. That was great, yeah. And, it, and it, it's all booking, too, because Iron Man 1 ends with him at the press conference saying, I am Iron Man. And then... It, before last he words. snaps, he says, I am Iron Man. So if uh, you, so now that yeah. we're in the spoiler part, did you catch me in my introduction when I said, I am Giant Spain? Yes, I did. <laughs> Hopefully no one noticed that. <laughs> um, I will say, like, I, I got teary-eyed at, the, at Robert R. Jr. I really started to get choked up when, um, when John Favreau's character asks... Tony Stark's daughter what she wants to eat and she says cheeseburgers and he was like your dad used to love cheeseburgers because I literally watched the original Iron Man like a couple days before and just remember him being like what's the first thing you want press conference and cheeseburger cheeseburger first (laughs) I'm just like oh that's such a great callback there were so many callbacks in this movie and stuff too Happy saying he'll get her as many cheeseburgers as she, as she wants. Ugh. And Tom, um, Tom now, Holland gets me every time. Oh, oh yeah. dude. That bug. 
Yeah, the, we the kind of went over it too. Just the whole moment when everybody came back. That's when I had a big eye watering moment. And then uh, you like Cap looks like he's it's Fubar uh, when it's just him and Thanos. And then you start hearing like oh. crackle and static. And then it's Sam. And he says Cap and Sam, and he's like on your left. And that's what he told him. Uh, yeah. And then everybody came back. Like that's when my eyes started watering. And then. Once in, he said, Avengers Assemble, and then the theme plays, oh, it's gold. It's gold. It's so good. This is such a, a good battle movie. The bastards moment. Also, did y'all catch M'Baku running right yeah. next to Cap? Oh, yeah. yeah. On the I, way out. I said, yo. M'Baku. <laughs> Winston Duke, M'Baku. <laughs> now, one last thing with, like, Stark and his daughter. Well, two things, actually. Um... Now the whole comment, like the especially like during the funeral and stuff, like uh, in the hologram, you know the whole "I love you 3000. Did you, have y'all seen the the Reddit post? No. I think someone did the math. I think the twenty two films ends up at right about three thousand minutes. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's nice. For re- for some reason, I was I wanted him to say "I love you" to Infinity because Infinity's. Infinity Stone. I was just waiting for him to say it. I think that's it's a little too close to home. Now, secondly, too much PTSD with that. I'm very interested to see. Like, I think it'd be a really neat thing to keep things open ended. What if his daughter, twenty years from now, starts the kicks off like a new phase of MCU and she becomes Iron Woman? Like, keep the same child actor. They should boyhood it. And just start this recording stuff. Boy, it? Oh <laughs> um, Speaking of things, how did y'all feel about Professor Hulk? <laughs> it was weird, but it, I, I was fine with it. I didn't have a problem with the, the logic of it because that happens also in the comic books. Like, this is a thing that actually happens that is canon. Uh, it took me a second to get used to it, but... Eventually, I, I reckon I reconciled with it. So I mean, he even spoke to you in Avengers One when he, I mean, he said "puny god" to to Loki. Right, and he has intelligence. To Thor Ragnarok, he, he even started speaking more coherently, and so he started developing it more. And especially in that five year period, he probably took some time to grow a little bit, and you know, like you were saying, merged the two into one: his human self and his Hulk self. The Hulk smash moment and the going back to the Avengers was really funny. <laughs> the, stairs. the stairs. I hate stairs. The, um, the diner scene was hilarious. He dabbed. <laughs> he did. He dabbed. <laughs> and then, um, oh, I forgot. It, we're jumping all over the place now. When Thor, uh, when they met Thor in New Asgard, they were playing, of course, Fortnite. Yeah. Of course, Fortnite had to make its way into the Avengers. I wonder that if they blue screened that and was just like they were just going to hold off to see like which game is going to be like the popular one. Um, I can't remember. The, I can't remember the screen name of the guy that Thor was talking to, but it was like something like something something sixty nine, like <laughs> a so, very much a yeah. What else? Because we do need to move on to um, the long night, but 
do you um do you guys think that this will get any Oscar nominations? Best picture, best actor for Robert Downey. Nominations, not wins. Robert Downey Jr. did a really good job in this movie. He does. I'm thinking of like the politics and box of box office does box office does play a part. I'm thinking of the politics of the Oscars, and I feel like they would stick their nose up at giving it to such a huge blockbuster movie. They need a fish. Yeah, they need a fish and a, and a and a deaf woman having sex to have an Oscar. So, <laughs> The Shape of Water is a great movie. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> such a I good knew, movie. I knew it would hit a nerve with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> It hey, is it's ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What is? Um, in game. Good. 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 Oh, um, that, before we move on, like just a couple. I feel like there's always something to talk about, but um, how do we feel? I mean, I feel. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think they filmed Captain Marvel stuff in this before mm-hmm. she actually did. The Captain Marvel movie. Is that correct? Yes. And knowing that, it made it okay for me for her to show up at the beginning of the movie and said, peace out, see you in Act 3, and just kind of leave. That was <laughs> that, that makes sense With a banging well, new haircut. also helps because she's, she is OP in a lot of ways. And so it, if she was in, there for the whole movie, it would almost make it seem almost too easy in a way. Yeah. So it was just amount of come in, kick ass, leave. I didn't like her haircut. I liked it here. I liked the haircut. She looks it was like very. Mom. I need to speak to the manager esque. <laughs> very, very Kate Gosling. John and Kate plus eight. Um, yeah. There's just so much to love about the movie. Yeah, there's so much. I wanted to say some more things, but. I mean, I and then really getting to the end, and we have the funeral scene that, like, that was one of the more tear jerking moments. I just, uh, they put the thing, it was the original, and it was like the proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Oh, so yeah, yeah right the gift that he got. Yeah. And then Captain America returning all the stones, and then I knew it, he was not coming back. Uh, and then uh, Bucky notices they look over, and there's an old man sitting on a bench nearby, and there sits an old Captain America. So was he just sitting there the whole time? Could yeah, I guess so. <laughs> was he He's there chilling. when new Captain America was there? Young Captain America? Were they both existing at the same time? Guess so. Like I said, I wonder if old Captain America got snapped. But like that whole story too, like him being with Peggy, um, getting to live out his life. And so I think, David, you might have mentioned it in the group chat. It was the whole thing. Like, they kind of flipped Tony and Cap. Yeah, they, they're, they're, you know. they learned the lesson that each one wanted to teach. Captain, or sorry, Tony learned how to jump on the grenade. And Cap learned how to live his life. Yeah. Also, I loved how, I, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but how um, Tony's telling or at least in Avengers 1, that Tony would tell Captain America that everything special about him came out of a bottle. And he goes from that to being worthy enough to hold Mjolnir 
Like that that to me was kind of powerful. Like him outside of just the super soldier serum, him as a person was worthy enough. I'm glad we got one more. I can do this all day. He said, I know, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. All, we, we didn't even talk about Captain America's his uh, ass jokes. America's ass. <laughs> oh, that was a great Redding joke. <laughs> uh, um. Hey, Cap said it so I can say it on the podcast. Sure, whatever. He said a potty word. Uh, in, in the words of Captain America, language. He said language. I We should move on to Game of Thrones, but yeah, I love the movie. Love, love, loved it. Um, Can't wait to see what the MC has next. So now, yeah, whatever that is. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. Again, we're going to go like straight. We aren't going to do a non-spoiler-y part. We're just going to kind of jump into it. I'm um, about to dive in. <laughs> go for it, David. So, so. Yeah. So, um, uh, here's the elephant in the room. There was only one moment that I thought it was too dark. Like, there was one moment where I was like squinty, looking like Bran Stark at the TV. And it was actually, funnily enough, it was when Bran wargs into the the ravens. I was like, "What the heck is going on? I can't see anything." Um, but other than that, I personally didn't have too much of an issue seeing. Did you watch on cable or HBO Go? I watched on cable. Interesting. I watched on HBO Go. I was on HBO Now slash Go. I was watching on cable. It was entirely too dark for me. I had to turn off yeah. all of my lights. Now I did have I all do my that lights for turn- every episode. I was gonna anyway. say I have all my I yeah. had all my lights I mean, turned I off. My and- lights out. I really had no issue at all. And I think, I think they were really trying to intend to have it be a dark yeah. sort of uh, tone into it. And I still think what they wanted you to see, you saw. It looked chaotic, and that was the point. It was supposed to look like. That it's all over the place, but because that's what like, it's like in a, in a if you're right there in the battle. Uh, but when you needed to see something, they 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 made sure you saw it. But that like that wasn't the problem. Like it was a compression problem. Like that there were times on my TV where it was like, you know how you can like see the pixels of like it yeah. changing from like light yeah. to dark. Like it was it was that bad, and it's not like. It wasn't Game of Thrones' fault. Like, it wasn't, like, the cinematographer's fault. It was the compression problem from HBO or Game of Thrones people having to compress it to send it to HBO. Then HBO having to compress it again to put it on the TV made it look bad in the already low light. So, like, people who didn't have to go through cable, for the most part, got a better viewing experience because it there were times where I could not see anything and it was it it did take away from my viewing experience yeah that I feel like that's the big elephant in the room as far as the episode is concerned 
I still think it was a good episode. I was stressed the entire time. At one point, I got up and left. (laughs) And I said, there's no way. They can't get out of this. There's too many of them. I'm going to warm up my food. I was like, I need a break. Halftime. So, on Twitter, I have been critical of this episode. I would like to clarify myself and say that I, I did like this episode. I did not love it. I don't think that any of it was bad. Okay, jo- okay parts, Joanna. All right. I, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the last 10 minutes, like, once um, that track from um, Ramin Djawadi started, I loved it. I loved that to the end. Another great composing job. Yeah, another great scoring job. That ticking theme um, is really good. Um, I, so I think where I've landed with this episode is that since Hard Home, we have been told that the petty human drama doesn't matter. What actually matters is the existential threat that is the White Walkers. So I, I feel like what they were trying to tell us is that in order to beat this huge, unstoppable force, if they are going to be beaten, it needs to cost something. And I think that with the death toll being what it was in this episode of main characters cheap because it did not cost as much as I feel like the show was trying to tell us it would cost. Mm-hmm. I could, I could, I could agree with that. Um, you know, of the, like we lost named characters and everything, but like I was fully prepped to lose truly and honestly about 60 to 75% of those named characters. Like truly. In this one episode. Yeah, I but definitely thought time, Brienne and Grey Worm were gone. I thought they were out. Like, I I thought they were donezo. Like, he, like, Grey Worm started talking about how he's going to move to Atlanta with Missandei. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, is this, he's turning into Ricky from Boys in the Hood. It's over. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm surprised Grey Worm waited out. I'm surprised. Quite frankly, I thought Sam was gone. About four times that episode. Me yeah. too. My Mostly dude just started I see. just laying there and crying. Yeah, especially and John well, Grandward was at the front line, well, that's, so that's, that's I don't know how int- he made it through that. Well, eventually it got to a point where they actually like kind of just stopped attacking them when he like the Night King just called them all off, and they just stood there and basically like trapped them. Mm-hmm. If me, I just kept swinging. <laughs> yeah. That's free shots. I feel like John was making perpetually bad decisions. Yes, he I was. I think one thing... I tweeted that, that out, too. One thing that did look great is the shots of the dragons above the clouds and the yeah. moonlight. That looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Also, and, once, once the trench was lit. Um, have y'all seen the behind-the-scenes reel of it? They released a 40-minute episode of, yeah. of creating the episode. I haven't seen all of it. I just saw the moment that Kit Harrington and um, and uh, what's the Daenerys Amelia Zag- Clark Amelia Clark yeah. when they figured out that Arya was going to be the one, and mm-hmm. they were like, 
Amelia was so happy and one of the producers was like, yeah, I think Kit was okay with it. And they cut to Kit and he's like, oh, I was pissed. I thought yeah. it was going to be me. <laughs> like, well, the thing they were saying, like, with the moonlight, it was one <laughs> contrast. When the, the trench went up, it was supposed to cover, to take all the moonlight out and it went from, to black and orange. And it was supposed to mimic, like, or to evoke a sense of hell. Like, that mm. you're literally facing hell when you're, you're fighting the undead like that. I mean, it was really interesting uh, seeing those go through there. Going back to the whole thing with the stakes, I think that while this episode in itself is not correctly portraying the stakes, as you're saying, like, because we didn't lose all those named characters, I think it's really going to come out the next episode, what I'm assuming it will start off quickly. They're going to tell about how many they lost because they got decimated. We didn't, they didn't lose main characters, but they got decimated. The entire Dothraki army is gone. They're gone. And I have a problem with that. I also, that also kind of, also the vast majority of the unsullied are gone. So like, sure. The main character, like the main people, the named characters are alive, but they are absolutely decimated in terms of numbers. I feel okay. One, the shot of the Doth, the Dothraki flames going out and on the horizon. That was beautiful. Really cool but shot. Beautifully scary. Yeah. One thing I don't love is all the brown people being used as ca- cannon fodder and cushion. Like literally, all the Dothraki are gone. They, everyone hiding behind the unsullied. Not a good look for the ner- for the North that was already kind of xenophobic in the first place. Not really great optics there. True. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I just I kind of. So I have spent eight seasons being told that the Dothraki army or the Dothraki screamers are the best open field combatants in the world. And they were on horseback. And I understand this is the undead army, but I don't understand why charging straight into the undead army was the first go to strategy. Yeah, there, there's oh, there's an article I think was on Slash Film where like a, a like a combat person. Uh, that's how I. That's how military people like <laughs> to be referred to. Um, a combat <laughs> expert, con, con, combat a, a person. Specialist. Is how that goes. Um, they basically like broke down the battle plan. They're like, yeah, this could have this could have used a revision. Um. I think their idea was just to push them back, so they wouldn't. So they would still be at a dis- disadvantage until Danny or John got there. Plus, Danny and John got there really late. True, they were just chilling. They were just chilling on a hill. They're like, "Oh, this isn't going well." <laughs> Danny's like, "The dead are already here. We'll do something about it." I did truly think that the Night King was going to be somewhere else. Yeah, I thought he was going to King's Landing. Also, I don't know about y'all, but I hear an echo. I do too. Yeah, I hear um, it. But we we haven't put it out, like, um, officially, like an official list of people that went. I started off with Ed. 
Liana. Yeah, we got Liana Mormont. Liana Mormont so epic, though. went out like a mother freaking G. Like Tormund took out a giant at age 10. Eh. Yeah, um, that was an epic way to go out. Like, someone who was just supposed to be in one episode now becomes a fan favorite. Like, that props to her and her acting. She, she's she got a, a long career ahead of her. R.I.P. Um, the Mormonts. Yeah, Jor went as well. I think that was probably the most saddening death was Jorah. Um, then you also have uh, Beric, uh, finally, after 15 <laughs> times or whatnot, he finally went to save Arya, and he met his purpose. And then you get Theon. That was a gimme. I think Theon was one of the three I picked because you put him with Bran, knowing the Night King's coming his way. He did. Um, I and do Bran think- just kind of sent him to his death. He's like, yeah, you can go now. <laughs> Well, I he do knew. think it's interesting that Fion, or not Fion, Beric's, I guess Beric's purpose was to get Arya, keep Arya alive to kill the Night King. Yeah. I mean, straight up, that's what so they it said. it means Melisandre and even extension Bran knew that this was going to happen. Well, because Bran gave Arya the cat's paw dagger. Like he he's the one. Need it. He's the one that gave it to her. And that was a really cool moment. That was I cheered. I did she cheer. Switched yeah. hands like Jordan. <laughs> she did the ray. She did do the ray. Also, we I saw had... a clip of a uh, uh, last season when she was fighting Brienne. She pulled off the same. She pulled off the same move. Yeah. 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 Um, There's a lot of Star Wars callbacks. Um, Jamie and Brienne were back to back like Ray and Kylo were. Not to mention that's the two swords. That's uh. Ice. Oath, yeah, it's ice. Oathkeeper and Widow's Whale. Widow's Whale. Need um, to rebrand that sword. <laughs> the Night King totally Luke skywalker that Dracarys. Oh, yeah, man. I As soon as that happened, <laughs> I was then, like, it's, uh, it's Arya with, with the, the Ray switcheroo. And then Cap with the force pull of the, of the, um, of the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I am interested in your thoughts. In this, but where did Arya come from? Like, where did she? Okay, don't care. So they, <laughs> I'm just so curious. they actually, they actually call back to I think the first episode of this season when John comes back and he's and at she the, snuck up on him. Yeah, so she snuck up on him. He and he turns. He goes, "Where did you come from?" The same kind of way. He oh, how did you sneak up on me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of kind of explains like how she was able to sneak around and get around all the hunchmen. Someone's saying that she tried to take a face. I'm not sure how that works with an undead person. Did either, did any of y'all feel like, I don't think I felt this way. I didn't feel underwhelmed, but like I felt a little bit like I didn't, I felt uneasy that we didn't lose Brienne or pod or Jamie or a Stark. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I, is I that, completely understand that. Like, I just felt like this episode was going to have like major, major stakes and that people were going to get offed. And, you know, maybe it happens in the next three episodes. But if it does, I would go, why didn't this happen 
an episode or two ago at yeah. the literal fight with the incarnation of death. <laughs> and yeah, I know I plenty all- more could have happened, but like, oh, go ahead, Chelsea. I think it all has to have to do with purpose, what we were talking about before. The characters that are still alive, there has to be a purpose for their character points going on in the um, in the war with Cersei. And so if if their death doesn't come then or if they don't serve a certain purpose during that, I would see your point. So I think we just have to wait. And I thought Brienne's I thought. Her. Yeah, I thought Brienne's I mean, arc was over. After she got knighted. Yeah, I thought it was too. I'm straight up. Like, I thought I, I, I thought it was over. I don't see what else she can do, but I'll take her. She's another live body. I love her. <laughs> love her to death. I think if the first hour and 15 minutes didn't go the way it did, I would feel more e- uneasy with the Night King and the Undead Army going so quickly. But there was not any other way I saw it. Someone was going to have to get a cheap shot. Sometimes you win with a cheap shot. And... I, there was not any way they were getting out of that unless something got pulled off. Uh, well, listen, the Night yeah, King, did, the Night King, the Night King didn't play fair either. Listen, he, John said, square up, and he said, mm, nah, I'm gonna get the squad. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I think everybody's got to start following the Lord of the Light now because apparently he's got some plans for some people. True. And we talked about it in the pod. Uh, well, the sports edition. Uh, we went on a tangent. I think this guarantees the Clegane Bowl now. You have to have the Clegane Bowl now. Yeah. I think if he survived, they're going to fight. My dad was talking about with the Night King, like the other White Walkers that were there, like did not do a thing. Like they were just standing around. It was like LeBron dragging the, the Cavaliers to his last year to the finals is doing everything himself and the other white walkers just standing there dribbling the ball out during a tie game well he called them off so he got cocky i truly easily killed them all they just kind of trapped them well the way i thought it was going to go is that the army the undead army was going to slowly get whittled down because some of the white walker generals were going to go down and we all know that when you kill a white walker the whites that they create also die the only useful thing we learned in Beyond the Wall. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, I thought that was going to be the the thing that whittles down the undead army and makes it winnable. Now, obviously, when you kill the Night King, he is the White Walker, so he made all of them. And so it makes sense that he, sh- he should be the one you go for. I just thought that the other White Walkers were going to be a little bit more pivotal into the flow of the actual battle. Stephen Curry just blocked Clint Capella. Just saying. Um, oh, we're, if we're going on tangents, I just want everyone to know. I was playing 2K and I set the NBA record for steals with 13. So Very good. Yeah. Um, Feeling good. Can we so talk we sh- about Arya in the library right quick? That I went love- full horror for that yeah. scene. It reminded that- me of Jurassic Park, Raptors mm-hmm. in the Kitchen. The Raptor. Yeah. 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 That, so that was really cool. I just want to mention that. And they did mention all that in the, the behind-the-scenes thing, if you watch it. Like, they said they really tried to divide it up into three genres. The first act was more yes. of a suspense horror because how it started out, it was just all that tension. And the most scariest thing about, like, if there is a monster or a looming threat is if you can't see them 
and how long it took to actually to finally see the whites before they charged. Uh, just increasing that whole sense. Then it went to a, like a more horror style. Um, once we uh, it cuts to Arya going into the library, and then it just goes into like full blown action for that third act. Again, I thought it was a good episode. I I am interested to see what the what the moral of this story is, like the story of the show. Oh, uh, like I said, how do y'all feel? imagine so, if like the Lannister army was just like on the edge of Winterfell right after this? How would that make y'all feel? Say that one more time. I'd be like imagine it cuts at the very end and you just see the Lannister army marching on Winterfell right as they fin- this battle finishes. I would be upset because I feel like that would be antithetical to the story I thought that they were tor- telling. But again, I could have been wrong. So that's just me. I, um, I don't know, Kobe, you and I follow a lot of the same people now that mm-hmm. talk about Game of Thrones and such because we both listen to Storm of Spoilers. Um, how do you feel about people saying that Arya is a quote-unquote Mary Sue? Can we stop calling anybody a Mary Sue? I don't I don't like, use that term in any way, shape, or form you, as far as like characters. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just kind of mind-blown that that's even a conversation that's happening. I... Like, I just want to retire this the term forever because, like, the people that, like, use the term Mary Sue, like, do not use it in good faith. Like, if we want to talk about Mary Sue's, let's talk about Ready Player One. Let's oh, talk you about are always how this come normal back. dude is apparently the savior of the world. <coughs> um, no, I, I am done with the Mary Sue conversation for everybody. I knew this was the way this conversation was going to go. I would just like to air it out because I think it's a stupid conversation <laughs> that is happening. Yes. The the John was yelling at the, John was screaming at the dragon to give Arya time to kill the Night King. No, get out of here. Uh, no, John was tired <laughs> of getting promoted. So he was like, just kill me. <laughs> Even though I thought the dragon was going to blast him with fire. And um, he hey, he come was, out unburnt. Yeah, you know that is true. I didn't think about that. I think that would have been interesting for that to happen, and for Danny to see that happen wherever she was, or I guess she wasn't anywhere close to him. Never mind. She um, was too busy I bet parking it happen. her dragon. What that happens in the next two episodes, like maybe Danny will try to pull something on John because she's still thrown hungry, and then he. She wants to prove it, and then she does, like, Dracarys him, and he comes out unburnt. My whole thing is, like, this can all be solved in, like, two and a half minutes where she, where he's like, look, I know. I don't want it. And then the conversation's over. That, that's, my, that's my only thing about that, where I feel like this conflict is man manufactured for tension <laughs> where I feel like it does not need to be. If this season's going like it's been going, it's going to be solved pretty quickly. I hope so. Because we don't have that much time. We don't have that much time. We have less than four hours of Game of Thrones left forever. That's sad. Yeah, that's so sad. 
Endgame? Will anything ever be as good as season four? This has been a really good season. I've been it's happy been with it. Of, of Twitter, like having Twitter for the for this, like when when Arya killed the Night King, Twitter went off. It's just the memes, yeah. like being a part of the, like seeing everybody's reactions and responses, the instant memes made out of, of the entire episode. Like it makes it so much, it, we, as we were alluding to earlier, like just being a part of the entire viewing experience, being with other people and their reactions, like with Endgame, it just makes the whole experience better. Um, I have one last talking point. But if y'all want to talk, uh, this it could be the last thing that we talk about as far as Game of Thrones, as far as this episode. Yes. So, knowing what we know, and we have watched it, I saw on Twitter that this was the lowest rated episode since season five. With like, I think it was like a seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. And I don't put a ton of stock into Rotten Tomatoes. However, I do think it's interesting that I don't want to say it's being received poorly, but there is some at least vocal pushback to the episode. And I just I, was interested to see hear your thoughts on it. I think Beyond the Wall was not as good as this episode. Um the Battle of the Bastards was not as good as this episode. Oh, Battle of the ba- Bastards is my favorite episode in Game of Thrones. My favorite episode is either episode two this season or um, The Door. <coughs> Which one's The Door? Hold that door. Uh-oh, that door. Uh-oh, No. I think that's being a little too harsh because I, I do think that what they managed to pull off in this episode was really impressive. Agreed. I, I enjoyed the episode despite my whatever qualms I may have about who did and did not die. Oh, they're going to die, though, so just hold yeah, on. Just wait. I, I still I'm still nobody is safe. Hold on to your diapies, babies. Tormund still has a chance with Brienne. <sighs> Let it go. <laughs> Big woman still here. That was that line is iconic. <laughs> Chelsea. Yes. Thanks for coming. Yeah, for thanks. real. Thanks. I hope it. I hope this all works out. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Okay. Thanks um, guys for having me. Of course. Thanks for Come back anytime. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll stay away for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that caused too much trouble. No, it was fun. Um, you want to plug your social medias again? Yeah, so you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at underscore all about Chelsea. We can talk Beyonce and Marvel movies. <laughs> Um, and then if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyroll.com slash nevermadevarsity. Leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at nevermadepod. Uh, don't think Podrick. I didn't put nevermadepodrick. 
<laughs> um, don't think I'm going to put any music on this episode. I think we're just going to jump into it. So, yeah. Um, Valar Morghulis. Valar Dohiris.